Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Des McComas, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop. And it is Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. That is three episodes in a row. I have remembered to list the date uh, as well as the episode number, number 110. Of course, you can always tune in to us on Apple Podcasts, on Podbean, or basically wherever you you uh, get podcasts. We always upload these to the website as well. There's a podcast tab up there on the website org, but um, drew a little different podcast today. So we've obviously been at games recently and, and, you know, we have game notes, but we're not going to talk about any games today because uh, there was some big news that came down um, from NCAA, uh, specifically NCAA and college baseball uh, about the recruiting rules calendar, however you want to phrase it, but um, recruiting is, is in for a big change um, in college baseball. And um, I, I, we both think it's a very seismic shift and, and the dynamic and the way recruiting is going to unfold now and how colleges and coaches can operate and things like that. So we figured um, let's hop on a podcast and, and and talk this through and talk about these changes. But um, some big news came down and, uh, you know, basically uh, there can't be any contact between players, families and, and college coaches until August 1st of their junior year um you know is is that the gist of it or are we just or is anything else with this yeah that's pretty much the main point so you know the way it's been working or seemingly for some places is you know so and so uh, coach at school a gets a kid to call him you know before the coaches couldn't call at that at that stage before then but now they can't even accept calls Um, so that would be That's the biggest thing. And then they can't, you know, now they're flat out saying that you can't offer before this date. Um, And, you know, I think, is it going to stop it a hundred percent? Probably not. I'm sure there's still some programs that are willing to skirt the rules, but in my opinion, if you're going to do that, you're going to really, really be playing with fire Um, and then have, have exceedingly higher risk than you did in the past by operating that way just for a couple of reasons, you know, like number one, you know, it's our hope that coach coaches, summer coaches, high school coaches educate their kids on this being the rule number one. So kids aren't confused and they understand that, you know, just don't expect or don't try to make contact before that point. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think one of the biggest, uh, let's see, I guess benefits or not benefits, but more so, you know, one of the things that people are most excited about committing early is being able to tell their friends about it or posting it on Twitter. Um, And, you know, I think that has created a lot of pressure. Uh, The social media side of it has created a lot of pressure um, and coaches have picked up on that and, and applied some of that pressure to, you know, to try to uh, get kids, induce kids to commit earlier and earlier. And um, hopefully this removes that part of it. Uh, yeah. Just because, you know, the the excitement of it just won't really be there because you can't tell anybody. And, you know, as as a parent, if you know this rule and you know that school A, B or C is trying to make contact and make these offers, you're committing, number one, to a school that you can't legally have contact with and a school that's purposely skirting the rules. Yeah. So um, you're going to stick you out. Know, <laughs> yeah so like yeah like there, like if you're if you're tweeting on a commitment as a as a you know freshman in high school um 
from this point forward and this point being April 26th. So the rules go into place April 26th. And uh, it's very important to point out that these are retroactive. So even if you are a player that has committed to a school, if you're not yet a junior, you're not, you can't have contact even with, with your program that you're committed to until that August 1st days of your junior year. So, um, you know, before we you, get into you, kind of you like, would be you would be incriminating yourself and the right. school that you just committed to. Yeah, so. pro- probably not probably not a good method. So before we get into what we think the effects are go- are going to be, um, you know, in, in that sort of thing, let's talk about the why. Like, why do we think the NCAA in, in college baseball um, implemented this rule? You know, like. Because it just didn't, it just didn't come out of thin air, you know, like obviously, right. you know, the NCAA, I, I don't, I think I can speak for both of us when we say that we're not big fans typically, and they don't really ever seem to have their finger truly on the pulse. And they often try to, they often end up being very reactive instead of proactive, like right. years down the road, um, which I think is applicable here too, as well. Like this is something that's kind of just been an issue for for years now and i say an issue the issue being that these wildly early commitments with no sort of barriers on what happens later on like there's there there's nothing to prevent these schools from you know i hate to use this word but let's be honest this is the word everybody throws around in baseball dumping these kids later on the process when they make these commitments so um you know why do you think that the the ncaa said hey you know what let's make this big shift um, and this big change to the calendar and basically eliminate all of the contact between uh, colleges and, and prospects until this August 1st days of their junior year, because they had to have heard from somebody somewhere, Hey, can we please try to slow our role a little bit with this recruiting process? Yeah. Well, I mean, a couple of things. So, you know, number one, baseball is far from the first sport to implement this, you know, uh, not necessarily a direct comparison, but softball has had this rule in place for several years. And I think the feedback that coaches and administrators have gotten is that they really like it. Um, you know, for, for their sport in softball, you know, the early recruiting was even more rampant in for them than it was for baseball. Um, and you know, all the feedback that, that I've ever heard from it from softball coaches with they was that they love it. Um, it, you know, and now on the baseball side, now that you had the portal, I mean, it just wasn't a sustainable model because, you know, if you're a recruiting coordinator and you guys are dealing in the portal grad transfers, you're legitimately responsible for, you know, almost 10 years worth of kids. Mm-hmm. So you're recruiting 14 to 20, 24, 23, 24 I mean, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. With the COVID log jam, I mean, yeah. you're getting some of those types of guys. So it's just, it wasn't sustainable. It's not responsible uh, from roster management standpoint. And it just led to a whole lot more issues. You know, I think, you know, if anything, this, this could slow down the portal some, um, you know, with the idea that, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of people end up making, or less people will make mistakes in the recruiting on both sides. And that, and that goes for the kids and the schools. Um, You know, I mean, sometimes these guys take kids that are, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade, and they never develop. Um, And, and there's different reasons for that. Some of them are done physically growing. Some of them, you know, get that commitment and just may lose that fire and shut down 
from a development standpoint or not necessarily shut down, but just don't approach it the same way. Um, and, you know, I think that that's a problem. And, you know, baseball was starting to get more and more into the, the, you know, the dumping, the decommitments, all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it, it's not good for the game overall. Um, and, you know, I think that this model is going to help slow some stuff down. Um, you know, I think we'll talk about that some in a little bit, but, you know, I think the why of it is just that it, it just wasn't sustainable. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, the NCAA is a reactive organization, unfortunately, um, but that's realistically all they can be, um, you know, just by the way it's governed and all that. But the one positive thing is that I don't think a lot of people understand this. There's all kinds of different committees and places that these legislative initiatives can can originate and they yeah. how how quickly they take um effect can vary because of who uh where it originates and so this was a transformative committee that is able to put it in place relatively overnight so they're not having people aren't having to wait until next august or the the one following for this to take effect um you know which would allow people to you know rush and you know try to get some of the loopholes i think there's going to be a little bit of this over the next couple weeks but um you know ultimately if that goes away, um, you know, people are just going to stop operating that way. And, you know, not everyone, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to change it a hundred percent. But I think, you know, if, if you don't have the sense of urgency created by your peers going out and recruiting those guys, um, you know, I think people will be able to take a little bit of a breath and, you know, I don't think it's going to stop people going to watch those age groups, but it won't be as crucial and it won't be as early as, you know, say seventh, eighth, and maybe even ninth graders. I think people will still go to some of the big events to see those types of players. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, you're not going to feel the need to be out, you know, on the, on a road trip going to recruit eighth graders or going to watch a, a junior high age kids game um, because you, you feel like you're behind if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I think that, I think the why probably stems mostly from, you know, they've probably talked to college coaches or, or, you know, and just the idea of recruiting, like you said, five, six, seven years worth of classes at one time, it, it's, it doesn't make sense for anyone. It doesn't make sense for the, the recruiting coordinators and the coaches. It doesn't make sense for, especially for the high school players, like it, it just is, it isn't a sustainable model when you're trying to juggle all of those classes of kids. <clears throat> and oh, by the way, you're doing it with 11.7 scholarships. And oh, by the way, you're doing it with limited amount of paid assistant coaches. So it, it just wasn't a sustainable model. Um, you know, I just don't, Look, I, I know that some of those kids that commit super, super early ended up being good players and ended up having successful careers at, at their respective programs or things like that. But the, the idea of, you know, eighth and ninth graders, you know, committing to um, these programs, like it, it, it just doesn't it doesn't really make it's never really made much sense. Um, like you said, the, we've talked to, to coaches about this and the overwhelming majority really like the change. Um, but one of the consistent themes that we've heard is the word mistake, that it's going to decrease the amount of mistakes in recruiting that colleges make. And it's going to decrease the amount of mistakes <clears throat> that families and players make with these super early decisions. And the hope is we say hope because we don't know how this is truly going to play out. But the hope is 
that everybody just kind of takes their foot off the gas a little bit, can kind of narrow their focus. You've got college programs that are narrowing their focus. Okay, you know what? I can I can really kind of hone in on you know, the summer before these, the, the, the summer before their junior year for these guys that are kind of coming up, I can really mm-hmm. hone in on the summer or that high school season watching, thinking about, okay, yeah. When the time comes, who would we like to target? Who would we like to try to get on campus? Who would we like to, to, to offer, you know, as opposed to thinking of, okay, I got to think about those guys. And then the sophomores that summer, and then the freshmen that summer and that sort of thing. They're still going to watch these guys. They're still going to follow these guys. I think it's exciting for us because I think it makes people like us a little bit more valuable in that we're we're out <clears throat> we're out <clears throat> excuse me we're out seeing these guys and 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 writing about these guys and podcasting about these guys and tweeting about these guys. So you know we can kind of help educate these these college coaches to where you know maybe they're not having to use as much time and their own resources thinking about all these young guys. But when they do, they can kind of tune in and see what's going on, what's being said about them, so on and so forth. But the word mistake has been used a lot because it's I, I think it's going to allow college programs to kind of make fewer mistakes in recruiting because they're going to have more time to evaluate. They're going to more thoroughly evaluate these kids and they're going to see them and evaluate them more often when they're older. You know, what do we say about the young kids all the time? You go watch a, you know, a, a you know, 15 U. Uh, event like our big 15u event and there's a wide range of physical development some kids are really really physically developed some kids aren't physically developed at all there's a different mental baseball development there's just a really wide range and with each year the gap the the gap tightens so when you get to that that you know the the 17u 18u and all of a sudden guys are kind of similar you know like there's still differences but they're kind of similar as opposed to 15u where there's just this wide range so it's hard to project 15 year olds. Like it, yeah. it, it's really, really hard. Even the best uh, in college baseball aren't always very good at it. Professional scouts go basically high school seniors, junior college, college. That's all they, that's all they scout and evaluate. So think about if you, you know, ask them to project a 15 year old, they'd be like, no way, don't want anything to do with it. And those guys are the professionals. So um, I do think it's, it's going to lead to fewer, um, fewer mistakes in recruiting and i think that's where this stems from is that we are asking these college programs to spend all this time thinking about all these different wide ranges of ages uh and and what happens when they get to campus you know what 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 do these coaches do what's their first reaction when they get these recruiting classes on campus and they think oh you know what like we don't have the time for these guys to develop. Ah, oh, this guy isn't as good as we thought he was going to be. What What is their first reaction? What do they do? They go to the portal. Yeah, you know, they go to the portal, and it's really, really emphasized like this: the portal as kind of the safety net for programs, and instead of this willingness to really hone in and develop their high school players or really nail those evaluations, it's just like ah, you know what? We'll just go to the portal. You know, we'll just yeah. run this guy off. We'll go to the portal. We'll cover up our mistake and go from there. So um, I think in, in in some ways, maybe this kind of impacts the reliance on the portal. Because if you're doing this the right way, you're probably making fewer mistakes with your high school players. You know those guys better. You know what you need better. Um, you're able to more thoroughly evaluate better. So when those guys get to campus, you have a better idea of, of what you've got. So there's probably not, not as much of a reliance on the portal. 
as, as there as there has been in the past, I could be wrong. Um, it's still going to be used. I mean, that's that's still the you know the lowest risk outcome uh, for college coaches. But but really, I, I think when we talk to these coaches, like the word mistake um, has been used. Like how well everybody will make fewer mistakes in this process. And you know, one thing too that they mention a lot: what well, areas of a young age are going to be able to just think about playing? You know, right. like playing, developing, having fun, um, getting better, enjoying the game, as opposed to mom, dad, and 14 year old thinking about why haven't I committed yet when, when so-and-so has committed already, uh, to Texas, to LSU, to Vanderbilt and all these places. Um, it should bring back the element of just play, just have fun, just develop. And your time is going to come down the road. You know, when you're a junior heading into your junior year, when you can really actually get recruited as opposed to worrying about it when you're a freshman and a sophomore. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the overall hope is that number one, kids can get back a little bit more to focusing on development and and that can come in a number of ways. I mean, it's playing games. Um, it's potentially staying in other sports longer because yeah. there's not a, a feel for having to, you know, commit to one sport only. And that's all you can do. Um, it's, you know, maybe doing some strength and conditioning stuff instead of going to a showcase, you know, at 14, 13, 14 years old. So hopefully, you know, it takes, um, it alleviates some of the obsession with, you know, being seen or, um, or, you know, having, you know, trying to be ranked, you know, I mean, I think, you know, this isn't meant to be a knock on people that rank kids that age, but, you know, I think for you and I specifically, it was important to us to, to, to not rank before that junior year. And so this kind of falls in line with that development uh, timeline and, and hopefully kids understand that. And, you know, from a choosing a college standpoint, I mean, like, I always thought it was silly. I mean, I'm, I was part of it when I was at Texas, we would have, you know, kids going into ninth grade or ninth graders in and, I always thought it was silly to be like, well, uh, what do you want to major in? <laughs> you know, like yeah, right, mostly yeah. when, when you think about it, most of the guys on our current team at 20 years old, didn't know what they wanted to mm. major in. So, you know, I, 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 I understand why people did. I don't necessarily agree with it, but you know, this will put a timeline back in place that makes sense to where you can't really commit until you've had a chance to visit. Now I know there's a, a month long uh, period in there between when they can offer and when you can start taking visits, but hopefully this slows it down a little bit to, you know, I don't, I don't really understand, or I don't really advocate for committing to a place before you've ever even seen it. Um, you know, going on a visits to me is very important from a number of aspects, just because, you know, rarely is it a, is it what you thought it was? And that could be for better or for worse. Um, it just, you know, everyone has a picture of, of a place in their mind, but oftentimes th- th- those don't match. And like I said, it could be for the better, or it could be for the worse, but you know, it's it, another part of it, you know, that we always advocate for going on visits is, you know, hopefully getting to meet all of the coaches instead of just maybe the one or two that you've talked to on the phone or via zoom or whatever meeting them, meeting the the strength coach, meeting the equipment manager, the, you know, the people that you're going to be coming in contact every day. Um, and, you know, I, I thought it was always important to us that, you know, and we got this feedback a lot when I was in Texas was that, you know, no matter which 
department you went to or which group or person you talked to on our staff, you were getting the same consistent message. And, yeah. you know, I, I get the sense from a lot of people that that's not always the case, um, you know, because it is recruiting and they're mm-hmm. going to tell you a lot about what you want to hear. And I always, you know, caution people that when you go on visits, pay attention to what they don't show you or the, who they don't introduce you to. And, you know, sometimes it may just be a scheduling thing, but other times it may be uh, on purpose to, you know, what parts of their program they don't show you because they m- may know it, it it's not up to par or it may not match what your needs are. So, you know, getting back to that and, and being able to be in a place where people are going to have, you know, they should visit um, before, you know, and I mean, there's not to say there's not some scenarios where, a kid gets an offer from their dream school and it makes sense financially and they don't care where, you know, they don't care who the coach is or they don't care where they're going to live. They just know they want to go to school X, you know, and then maybe sometimes that makes sense, but I would imagine that more often than not, that's not the, not the case and not necessarily people don't end up where they thought they were going to end up when the process starts. So um, again, I think, I think this will help that. I hope it helps that. Um, you know, and keep, people can get back to more of a development mindset because, you know, I mean, you think about it, it's human nature. I mean, if you, if you're working towards something, you know, the chances that you're motivated and make decisions to get to that goal are going to be better than if you already have it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, you, you could always tell the kids that, that committed early, that kind of not really shut it down. Cause a lot of them still keep playing and, yeah. you know, doing stuff, but shoot, if I was 16 years old and, you know, and I didn't know where I was going and I really wanted to go to place X and um, my, my, you know, my buddies said, Hey, let's go to a movie or let's, you know, go to the, you know, go to the pool or whatever. I might be a little bit more inclined to, to stay and work if I was still working towards something versus having an offer or a commitment in my pocket, you know, and that's, that's not true for everybody, but I know that's true for a lot of kids because we saw it a lot. Um, You know, kids just didn't, in some circumstances didn't get a lot better in that time period after they had committed. And a lot of times that's the ones that end up getting dropped or, yeah. or things don't work out once they get to a place um, because, you know, and it, it's, it's tough because then you wasted years and mm-hmm. probably lots of money, you know, like I, I always think about it from a practical standpoint, like when these kids get dropped and, you know, in June, July or August that have been committed somewhere for three or four years, like, how much money do you think some of these people have spent on like gear from that school or traveling to go see that school or mm-hmm. paying for paying for tickets to go watch them play on the road or in big venues? Like I, that's just some, you know, that's one of those things that I would think about now that if, if I did that and that happened, <laughs> I would be pissed if I yeah. was a parent, um, you know, that, I mean, you know, ultimately that's not the only thing that matters, but it is, it is a, it is a byproduct product of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it seems like, unfortunately it seems like over the next couple months, there's going to be a lot of 2023 kids that, that get dropped as a result of the portal. Um, you know, the, the, the money coming into baseball is a good thing. Um, a lot of opportunities for people as a profession, but it also creates uh, quicker timelines for people getting fired too. And as a result, you know, these coaches and staffs feel the pressure to need to win. And, you know, what, like, you know, it's, it's always, it's always a crapshoot when freshmen show up, um, how they're going to produce right off the bat. You know, there's always surprises. Some 
outperform what you thought. Some do what you thought and some don't do what you thought. And, you know, now if they can go find a 22 year old who they've seen it at that level, been be done before, then, you know, I mean, that sounds more enticing to me as a guy that has to win than taking a a flyer or, you know, a, a gamble on a kid that is, is younger and a freshman. And so it is, it's that part of it's changing um a little bit but um you know again going back to the high school recruiting of it you know i think there will be some effects on you know how, what types of events people put on and or go to um but just like always it'll it'll adjust itself and um i think it's gonna i, I think it's gonna be for the better I, I just don't see many many ways that it won't be to be honest yeah the only so. thing i could think of is that you know we we know that there are some college staffs that are um, there's definitely a disparity between hours spent on the road, evaluating, recruiting, setting up calls like like there, there's a wide gap. So yeah. I, I do think that there are definitely some recruiting staffs and some coaches right now that are maybe feeling like, man, you know what? I was out there. I was out there kicking butt and and just beating people. And yeah, yeah there's there's not as much opportunity to go out and, and beat people, um, you know, to, to be first and to really try to get in early on guys um, now with these rules, which, um, yeah, I understand there's probably going to be some people that are a little upset with that. I, I still would say that, look, you can still go out and evaluate as much as you want. Right. Like you can still have your list ready to rock and roll. Like that to me is is still going to be a separator because, you know, we, we see it when we're at games, we see who's out, we hear who's out, we hear who's, who's texting people like us and and trying to, you know, learn about kids and set up calls and all that sort of stuff. So um, I, I think there's still going to well, be that avenue that you're going to see who still puts in the time and evaluates and is ready to rock um, when, when that time period hits to where you can start offering and you can start contacting all that sorts of things. So that to me is, is one of the very, very few downsides I could think of, you know, when, when I think about this, um, is that, yeah, there is that element to it, but, uh, I, I still think you're going to see who, who really puts in the work from that regard and is, is ready to go and is organized and, um, and, and, and has been out seeing guys and, and just knows where to go because there's going to be that element too. Like when August 1st rolls around, if you're not ready, you know, if you're not organized, you're mm-hmm. going to get left in the dust because I think yeah. a lot of it, you know, when I used to cover AU basketball, basketball recruiting, like they had a similar method to where, they had the contact period open up that first contact period for those top, those top uh, juniors in the summer, you know, and you'd see the guys who would, you know, midnight would hit and their phones would just start blowing up, you know, like, like that's going to happen some to these baseball guys too. And that's going to be something that players are going to have to learn how to navigate as well, which, which may be, uh, it's going to be an adjustment from that standpoint to where you can't get bombarded with contact and things like that. I don't think it'll be the extreme that football and basketball kids deal with, but there'll be that element as well, but you know, the kids tell, okay, Oh man, like so-and-so reached out to me on day one and this and that, whatever. So if you're a program that's not organized, you're not ready to go when, when that, when that calendar flips and you can start contacting, um, you know, that's a way that college programs are going to be able to beat guys as well. But I, I just, I have a hard time thinking about the negatives of slowing down this process. Like I don't see it like this big, I don't, I don't see this big, like, like, you know, earthquake going through recruiting that, Oh man, like 
it's going to hurt the high school players or it's going to do this or that or whatever. I, I just don't see that. Like, I think anything that makes the, everybody just kind of slow down and spend more time either just playing the game and developing or, you know, spending more time thoroughly evaluating older players. I just think it's going to be better for, for all parties. Well, I, I think going back to your point, you know, like you said, like you can still be out watching those kids um, but the difference is now you can watch them more than once or never and not have to and not have to offer after that first viewing. You know, I yeah. think that's what happens a lot. Like, hey, you see a kid, you know, we've done it. We see a guy that, man, he's really good one day. And you're like, man, and that's what sticks with you yeah. about the kid. Um, but you go back a second, third time and you may think, ah, mm, he wasn't as good as he as I thought. You know, like I've seen him OK or bad twice. And really good ones um and and conversely the other way around like hey you may go see a kid that's been hyped up and he's just has a bad day or you know faces the the type of pitcher that he doesn't like um and now you can go back a second third time without having had to have made a decision and already offered a kid just to feel like you're in the race for him yeah um so you know i think that's that's going to be the difference like well, you, you to, can... to start to interrupt but it just made me think of this like what do we hear a lot this time of the year right now? Like it's so much of this time of the year right now is that colleges are figuring out what they have with their commitments. Like, right. Like, right. Are, are like, okay. Like I either committed this guy a long time ago, either sight unseen or seen once I'm trying to figure out if he's good enough, you know, yeah. like I'm trying to figure out what, what we got, you know, like that's, that's a very real thing that's happening a lot right now. Like, you know, you mentioned it early on. Who knows what was parts of these 2023 class? Like, you know, like, are, are they going to get to campus or like, is the rug going to be pulled out from under them? But like so much of this time of the year right now is like, oh, we got to figure out what we got. It's like, wait a minute. Like you should have already had, you should have already had a pretty good feel for what you got. I know things change and there you know, might be injuries and guys getting back out and pitching and things like that. But um, it, it's, it's, I think that's, that's part of why this change happened is like, it, it doesn't make sense for colleges to be trying to figure out what they have in their 2023 class. What, because they committed these guys so long ago and because they're recruiting the guys four, five, six years ahead of these guys that are supposed to show up on campus in a few months. Well, and, and too, you know, like we, we talked about it about with the staffs, like there's so much staff turnover now that, you know, pushing that timeline back and not, you know, I mean, the likelihood that if you commit to somewhere, um, you know, as a eighth grader, freshman, and even a sophomore that you have the same staff intact by yeah. the time you get to a school is lower and lower. You know, it just with, with the amount of turnover that there is now. And so, you know, that's another thing. I mean, if you're, you know, a pitcher and you commit somewhere and they get a new pitching coach and he doesn't particularly like your style or you, you don't mesh from a personality standpoint, I think that's what leads to a lot of these um, portal entries as well. It's just like, you know, it's just, you know, a new staff comes on late and, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, some of them want to honor the commitments that are in place. But that's not always the best thing for both parties. You know, I mean, it could have caught, you know, it could have costed you um, an opportunity at somewhere else that you fit better just because they held on to you because they felt like they needed to. Yeah. Um, and sometimes sometimes ADs put those 
those measures in place. They say, hey, like, hey, you need to honor all the guys that are committed here because that's the way we do it. And so they took you when they didn't necessarily want to, and it's no good for anybody. So you're a year into it and you, you know, possibly wasted a year. So, you know, again, it's just another thing that pushing it back can help, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the the likelihood that you have the same staff that you committed to, uh, whether it's just a position coach or the head coach or whatever, um, you know, that's just one less thing to worry about from, from a recruiting standpoint. And, you know, it's, it's good. You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to make that choice early or feel like you're going to get left behind if, if you don't, because yeah. I think that's where a lot of these commitments come from. You know I mean? You hear it all the time. Like there's a real sense of urgency from kids and parents, you know, even at the sophomore age group right yep. now, because they kids on their team have committed and, yep. you know, it's um, you know, it's not reality, but it's what people think. And it's understandable because, because of the social media stuff, you see it out there. So, you know, Hopefully with that stuff slowing down and being alleviated, I think it'll just allow people to make better decisions across the board on both sides of it. It's going to take both sides of it to, to make this thing work. But I think that, you know, if you, you gave any college coach or, you know, pro coach, whatever it is, some true serum, you know, they, I can't imagine that there's many that I don't know any that would tell you, Oh, I like recruiting 14 and 15 year olds. Yeah. You know, some people do it to create some sort of advantage uh, because they think they can get out in front of it and beat people to it, or they feel like they have the necessity to do that. But I don't think that I've, I've found too many people that just absolutely really get some going and they just love watching, you know, 14 year olds play to make a decision on their team five or six years from then. So, you know, I think, you know, I think that will help because, you know, if the coaches don't feel the the necessity to do it, the likelihood that they're going to try to skirt the rules to be able to do it is probably less. So yeah, that's, that's my hope with it at least. Um, you know, and I think it can be a, a very positive development for the game. Honestly, if it was up to me, I would have pushed it back another year. Um, you know, that's, that's the way it was when we were going through it. I mean, you know, I don't remember too many guys our age, you know, in our, even going into our uh, summer before our senior year, having committed, you Mm -hmm. know, like you waited for that phone call on July 1st, you know, like it was back when we played. I mean, I, you know, we did the area code tryout in Houston, got home, uh, you know, like after midnight on the first and had, this is how long ago it was like 30 plus messages on our answering machine. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) You know, so like, you know, that, that was a thing back then. And, you know, it, it adds some excitement to that actual day. Um, it will be interesting to see if it changes any scheduling events of some of these, you know, some of the older kids, um, you know, cause I mean, I imagine if the area code dates stay the same, like, you know, there's going to be coaches in between innings or sitting there watching games on the phone the whole time mm-hmm. because they're going well, to be already, they already do that now. Yeah, you know, but it's going to be they're I trying mean, to figure if, out who who's seeing the who's seeing the if, 15-year-old lefty that's throwing in, you know, somewhere well, else across the nation. But if you think about it, like if area code starts August 2nd this year, right? Mm-hmm. So August 1st, 2nd, those first few days are going to be hot and heavy mm-hmm. coaches on the phone. So I mean, they're going to be out in San Diego. I mean, you're going to see guys getting up and leaving and going to talk on the phone mm-hmm. or, you know, spread out a little bit more so their competitors don't hear them, but I think that'll that'll be an interesting byproduct, but I'm imagining it's going to change the schedule of, of our yeah. industry quite a bit, um, and the 
you know, types of events you do for different age groups. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 The unattended, unattended things like that, like, you know, who knows if, if stuff in the fall becomes a little bit more important, but um, you know, we are always big multi-sport guys. So um, that, that wouldn't necessarily be a, a welcome thing, I think, but uh, yeah, I'll be, it'll be fascinating to see that first day when, you know, contact period begins, like how many commitments happen, you know, like, like, is it, do the flood, floodgates just open? Um, and you kind of get a gist of who's kind of, who's kind of shaking some things behind the scenes and positioning themselves that way or, or, or what it, what it looks like in that regard. Like I always loved like the way basketball ended up doing it. Like just, it was like kids would go through the summer. They'd figure out who was interested in them. The coaches would figure out who was interested in them they take their visits in the fall and then they commit, you know, like it just kind of yeah. just all worked. Like, you know, <clears> as, <throat> as slimy as bas- the basketball underworld is like from a calendar standpoint, they, they figured it out and it was less stressful on everybody. And it was able for guys to make, to make better decisions and, and, and things like that. So, well, shoot, like some of the, how many of those top prospects are going into the spring of their senior year? Yeah. You know, in basketball yeah. And, like I mean, it used to be I mean, like, I, you heard a lot of, I think you heard a lot of people over the last week be like, well, why don't they do this for basketball and football? And I think uh, the easy answer is the physical maturity. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, in football, that's so much more important and crucial um, than, than it is in baseball. I think it's, it's easier to project a kid's, you know, frame and abilities at 14 than it is in football. Um, You know, just that, that because the size and the strength aspect of football is so much more important and crucial to how good of an actual player you are versus the skills of baseball players. So, you know, I think that, and I mean, you know, I I think the money also is just a different, different world when it comes to basketball and football. And I, and I think that that probably had some sort of an impact on this too, is the recruiting budgets for some people Um, you know, that they've now changed the rule. I think, you know, I haven't seen it like official, but, I, so they, I know it's this way in multiple sports, but I think the new rule is going to allow for unlimited official visits instead of the five that you were uh, limited to in the past. Now, what people don't understand is that the schools will still have their limit and number of yeah. official visits that they can do. Um, so that that won't change that part of the budget too drastically. Um, so, you know, I think, but, you know, if you're, you have the time and you want to do it and you know go see a bunch of places you should be able to take on unlimited official visits now um Mm -hmm. you know so that'll that'll be an interesting component to see how you know and that and that could lead to the opening up of um kids be willing to be a little bit more national because they can go see places yeah um you know whereas some kids you can't afford to just fly all over the place all the time now this allows you to do that um and you know i think we talked about it too like think camps are going to become a lot more important again yeah and and to in i don't i can't remember if we mentioned this earlier but with camps like so i i know that the rule now is that college coaches can't have any off can't have off-campus contact with you until this this august 1st date as well but if you are at a camp like obviously you can you can talk to the coaches at the camp so um those with, are without without recruiting conversations that that's right. that's the key component like yeah cannot, you can't get offered like you can't right. get pulled into the office and say hey you know what wink wink hey we're gonna offer you this amount of money when august 1st hits or make a formal offer or anything like that it could just be like a hey hello how you doing hey good to see you you know right. good swing like do you like the campus like 
but none of the like, hey, like, oh, hey, you know what? How interests are you? Do do would you take an offer? This or that. Right. Um, but I, you know, there already was, I think, a growing disparity, and you could tell who kind of really valued their camps and used them as tools, and and who kind mm-hmm. of just used them as let's get a bunch of kids on campus and try to make some money out of it. So. Um, I do th- just because of when those camps typically occur, I do think that they're going to become more valuable as well. Like it's going to be a way for coaches to get kids on campus and at least have a conversation, you know, during a time period when, when they typically can't, um, and like we said, with, with any, like with anything, there's going to be programs that like abide by everything cross the T's dot the I's. And there are going to be some that view little things a little bit more gray and, push the envelope and, and hope they don't get caught and things like that. So, um, but uh, yeah, the, I think the camp element could, could become a little bit more uh, important as well, but um, you know, I, I, I'm excited because I, I've just, I, I think this is a, uh, it's a welcome change. It's a needed change. I just have a really hard time seeing the, the negative downside. Like I, I just don't, I don't really see one that's going to be less stressful in, in for coaches, less stressful for players and families. They, everybody can start thinking about the stuff that matters more often, spending time and resources on the stuff that matters more often than, you know, worrying about, okay, why did my teammate commit when he's 15 and I haven't even heard from a coach yet. And, and that sort of thing. And coaches trying to, you know, don't even know what they have in their senior class and they're still recruiting the, you know, the 14, 15, 16 year olds and, and that sort of thing and just relying on the portal and things like that. So I do think, you know, it'll, it'll be an adjustment period for everybody. It might take a, might take years. Um, but I, I think this will be a, a welcome change and I'm excited for us because I think it, it, you know, it, I think it further emphasizes stuff that we do, you know, with, with our coverage and, and our events and, and um, you know, people like us as resources, I'm not saying it's just five. So, I mean, there are other people that do a great job doing the similar stuff. Like I would think that, you know, a college coach might be more likely to call one of us up on the phone and say, Hey, you know what? Like, you know, what'd you see in this guy? Or, Hey, you know what? I, I, I like this guy or, Hey, like um, I'm going to come to your event in this summer and really evaluate all these guys and things like that. It just, it just kind of felt like baseball got away from actually evaluating its recruits, yeah. you know? And, and part of that was the calendar that they had to work with. They just, it's just hard for those guys to get out there in a high school season, but I feel like the sport got away from like actually evaluating, you know, and it just turned into taking commitments and then just seeing what yeah. you got later on. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I think this is going to get back to players can, can develop and play and, and think about playing and, and not really think about recruiting um, until their junior year or until right before their junior year. And coaches can actually think about, um, evaluating and building their classes and, and and their numbers and having a good feel for what their roster is going to look like instead of panicking and trying to fix their holes with the portal while also thinking about, am I going to get beat on this, you know, this guy that's going to be a freshman in high school. Like I just, I just don't really see much of a, much of a downside to this for, for all parties involved. And that's, and that's generally what we've heard so far is there's been very, very few responses we've gotten. That's been like, Oh man, I don't like it. Or yeah, you know what, whatever. I didn't really think it's necessary. Like, Typically, typically everyone we've talked to thinks that, okay, this is, this was, is going to slow things down. It's going to be good for all parties involved. And it's going to be good for, for kids to just be able to think about playing baseball and developing again. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple. Like if you asked most people, whether they would rather have more time and more information to make a, an important decision. Yeah. I think they're going to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, yeah. that's basically what it boils down to. You know, I've, 
you have some people out there saying, oh, well, they'll just do the silent commit. And it's like, okay, well, maybe that's so in some some cases. But yeah, it'll happen. It's gonna <clears throat> it's gonna be a it's gonna be a riskier proposition than it was uh previously because uh you know just in my experience especially in our sport you know it's a little bit different in football and basketball i think we've seen but in our sport people do not do a good job of keeping their mouth shut Um, (laughs) just they don't and it just people talk in baseball a lot more so than in football and and in basketball um and you know i mean just something as innocent as a kid like telling his buddy and then they tell someone and then it gets on Twitter and then the cat's out of the bag and mm-hmm. you're, you're going to, there's some chance for self-incrimination. I, if I was a coach and my like job was on the line, I wouldn't feel comfortable, you know, knowing that that was out there and could easily slip, you know, because right. a lot of times the people that are, you know, and this isn't true across the board and it may not be a fair statement, but my belief is that a lot of the people that will be willing to, knowingly accept something that's illegal are going to be the ones that would be more likely to want to tweet about it or talk Mm -hmm. about it. So, um, you know, that's not, again, that's not the case everywhere, but, you know, I think, you know, you're, you're running some risk as a, as a, as a recruit too, um, because, you know, you're kind of labeling yourself and, um, as someone that's willing to skirt the rules and play against them. And that's stuff that you have to be careful with because that can be a tag that stays with you for a long time. Um, and for, you know, for right or wrong, you know, people make mistakes, but hopefully the parents and the adults can, um, give the proper guidance and make you understand and make, you know, hopefully that the whole industry can educate each other and just try to police it because it'll be better for our game in the long run if we do. Um, yeah you know, the development becomes the factor again, yep. uh, or the main goal more so than the commitment. You know, I think, I think if a lot of people went back and looked at the way that they had spent their time and their money and efforts over the, over, throughout their son or their own, you know, recruiting process, like I imagine that a lot of people would want to do some things differently by the time mm-hmm. it's all said and done. And hopefully this helps from that point of point of view, because it's not cheap. None of this stuff is cheap. And, you know, hopefully this can alle- alleviate some of that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Before we jump out of here, I just had something up that pops in my head. Like I, I do wonder if the, one of the unintentional, I, I think it would be a benefit because um, any, any more interest in the sport is I, I think better. I do wonder if one of the unintentional ripple effects of this is that, people as a whole that follow the sport become more interested in recruiting because yeah. what, what would happen, you know, when, when, uh, when I worked at orange bloods in Texas gets a commitment from a, a freshman, you know, what's, what's the first response in baseball. Uh, oh, yeah. he's, we're not going to see him. He's going to get, we're not going to see him. He's not going to show up. Like wake me up when he makes it to the campus and that sort of thing, because Part of it was people were just kind of at some of these programs just burned by the draft in the past. But part of it too is just like, like even like even the diehard college baseball fans, they don't know who these kids are. You know, it's it's very very rare for for the people that are just totally in tune with the sport to know who these guys are. Like, think of it too, like you know, from us from following football and stuff like that. Like, you kind of had an idea, but you still didn't yeah. know them as well as you knew the the juniors and the seniors and things like that. So I, I do wonder if this 
this kind of drums up some more interest from the fan perspective in recruiting because you can kind of you kind of have a timeline now where you know okay like these kids shouldn't be able to commit until August 1st of their junior year at the earliest yeah so you can kind of think about okay like I know you know let's let's get a look at what my my college's recruiting class is going to look like now oh they got a commitment yeah. from this guy or or like if you're even if, if you're a diehard fan that's kind of following, you know, prep players, you kind of get a feel for it. by the by the time these guys are juniors or especially by the time they're seniors, you kind of get a feel for who the big names are, who's performing, who the good players are. And you can kind of start to follow these guys and see, hey, OK, it's here comes the summer of the junior year as they're about to, you know, start their junior year of high school. Like, well, let's see where these guys end up or. Oh, he's well, taking a visit here or he took a visit there and things like that. Like, like that's, it's one of the, the, like, it's one of the things college baseball, I think, you know, doesn't in terms of matching the, uh, the money-making opportunities of, of basketball and football is that it's harder for fans to identify with their recruits because of the draft. And because there's just a, such a wide range of commitments and it just, nobody really knew how to follow it, the timelines and things like that. Now that there's actually a condensed timeline, I do wonder if it kind of drums up some more fan interest because if you want to follow it now, you'll be able to follow it now because you know like only a certain age of kid can commit and when that starts to happen. Well, I mean, and too, in the age of analytics, uh, taking over professional baseball, I think, you know, one of the things that we've seen is that, um, is that, they are increasingly shifting towards college players mm. just strictly because they have more data on them. Yep. Um, it's less know, risky. And, and, the, and, yeah, and the history and so, has told them that. That's why they do it. Right. And, and on top of that, now <clears throat> the likelihood that more and more kids are going to go to college, I think that kind of plays into some of what you're saying. Like, I think, you know, the likelihood that the kids are going to show up on college campuses will drive <clears throat> the recruiting coverage more as well. Yeah. You know, because – I mean, shoot, I spent way too much time over the last 15, 20 years following football recruiting and basketball recruiting, more so football, but like, I don't even enjoy it that much anymore because it's like, oh, a kid commits as a junior. Well, he'll probably decommit and commit other places. And then on signing day, get bought by someone else with NIL, you know? So it's, it's not as fun to invest time in that as it was, as it used to be, um, and I think that, you know, I mean, that's a that's a real possibility. I think that, you know, that may drive some interest in recruiting um, for, for our sport, which I think yeah. is great. It's great for us. It's great for, you know, the 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 product of college baseball, because people will have more uh, more ability to identify with kids when they're coming in. And hopefully it's just another positive that this trend helps create or start. Yeah. Whenever you talk to pro scouts now, I mean, the bar for those guys when they're <clears throat> evaluating high school players, like the bar to be at the point where they can consider buying these guys out of a college commitment. It's so high now. It's in it, it's just going to pump more more talent into the college sport, because like you said, like history has told these pro teams, hey, it's less risky you're going to have a higher hit rate if you take college players because there's more data, there's more evaluation time. You've seen them against better competition. Um, you've gotten more makeup information, all these sorts of things. It's just a less risky selection and teams want to make less risky selections. They would be right more often than not. So yeah, the bar for, for, you know, I, I've seen some people on the internet like, Oh, this is, 
you know, this is just a way for, for, you know, major league baseball to draft more high school players. No, it's not. <laughs> if, if anything, I think they're going to be more guys go to college now, you know, with, yeah. with this sort of rule, because um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I just like the bar for, for, for scouts to take guys away from a college commitment. Now it's so high because the price tags are so high with these agents and things like that. So I saw one comment, like somebody on Twitter is like, Oh, you know, this is, you know, all these high school guys are going to want to go pro now. No, no, that's, that's, that's not going to change. Um, if anything, there might be a l- little bit more guys go to college, but every year that passes by, hey, there's they, just more and they more can, these top players ended up there. Well, they can want to go to, to go pro all they want, but if they don't get the opportunity, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. If, if you <laughs> set a, if you set a price tag, that's too high for, for what your talents viewed as, or like, oh, I got news for you. You're going to school because these guys will tell you, well, we'll see you in two or three years. Then we'll draft you. And yeah. then we'll know a lot more about you. And then we'll see yeah. if you're as good as 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 what we uh, what we think you are right now, what you think you are right now as well. So uh, because the college game will definitely, definitely tell those guys. But um, well, we've rambled on for a long, long time. But, you know, we wanted to record something about these new rules because we, we think it's it's a very big deal. Uh, we think that it's. Uh, we're definitely going to see what we believe are some, a lot of positive impacts from this, um, you know, players, families, coaches, um, everybody. And all the feedback, like we said so far, is has been overwhelmingly um, in favor uh, of these changes, just hitting the brakes on this recruiting process and just like kind of getting back to, you know, playing the game from an enjoyment level and a development level and evaluating and thoroughly you know, getting a feel for these players before they make big decisions on college commitments and things like that. So, um, you know, it's it's a welcome change in our eyes and one that we think is going to be uh, beneficial for all baseball parties involved. But, um, well, that wraps us up for episode 110 of the Five Tool Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, uh, on Twitter at Five Tool Pod. Of course, follow all of our coverage at fivetool.org. Um, everything's there, all our writing, all our podcasting, all our videos, all the player profiles. Uh, we got some great, great stuff. It seems like every single day there's stuff going up there, uh, which is really exciting to follow. And you can tailor that coverage to your high school, summer team, regions, events, times of the year, whatever it is. Uh, it's, it's easily customizable for you, the fan, to engage in, in all of your content that way. And, of course, make sure you're following us on Instagram and and all our regional Twitter networks as well as we're out covering things in Colorado, Arizona, California, Midwest. Uh, we're all over the place. So uh, you got anything else before we jump out of here? I don't think so. I think that 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 should cover it. I'm sure we'll we'll see more and more of these, uh, the results of this as, as we go. But um, just continuing to hear all the, you know, all the coaches <clears throat> before this. Yeah. Um, and I hope, you know, I hope summer coaches and coaches um, at the younger ages can can help with this you know new phenomenon can yeah number one help educate um and then you know help make decisions and you know not be complicit <laughs> in some of if, if there are schools that are trying to do things the wrong way right and skirt the rules that hopefully they don't don't allow that or don't allow that to be in their program um you know it, it'll, it'll be better for the game if if people follow it um and you know, I think that, you know, we'll have the ability to to see some of it. And, and, you know, a lot of the people that we deal with, I know, operate above board and hopefully that continues. And for the ones that don't, hopefully that opportunity is taken away. Um, yeah. And, you know, we're able to to be an advocate for these rule changes and, and the development of the, of the players for the better. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well said. So, all right, let's get out of here. Uh, until we talk to you all next time, have a good week. Take care.